Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Games We Love, a weekly video game podcast where some friends get together for mostly positive and always fun discussion about games, industry news, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron White, and this week I'm joined by my co-hosts, Kevin. Hello, everyone. And Brad. Hello. The gang is back together again for the first time in three weeks, thankfully. We have been alternating missing episodes. Thankfully, Brad didn't miss this episode to make this a whole trifecta of (laughs) weeks in a row where there were only two of us. But Brad, speaking of Brad, something happened to Brad this past week that I think we need to acknowledge here on the podcast for the world. And that would be that our guy Brad turned 35 years old. Which means, I, did. I think, Kevin, that we need to sing to Brad. What do you Please say? Please don't. <laughs> I say, let's do it. Three, oh my right. God, don't. Two, no. one. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, oh my God, to you. Happy birthday to you. Did you have to do it slowly? Come Oh my god, happy, happy birthday, Bradbury Sprinkles. Happy birthday to you. Oh my god, many more. <laughs> I can feel the listeners cringing <laughs> with me during that, but no, I, I appreciate it. Yes, I can officially run for president now. Oh, I didn't know we were supposed to sing in slow motion, though. I didn't get that memo. Hey, you know what? It doesn't take a lot to beat the presidents that we've had recently, Brad. So I say, yeah, go for it. The bad, <laughs> the, say the bad news is I still probably got to wait another 35 years before I'm even considered. Before yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. Oh, what a but no, what I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, hope you had oh, a good one, welcome. man. Hope you had a, a good time uh, celebrating. Well, to kick things off, since I wasn't here last week, if you guys don't mind, I feel like I should answer last week's listener question because the question was, what is one of the most okayest games you've ever played, i.e., what is a game that everyone else seems to love that you think is a little bit overrated? And since you guys came with some really fire and terrible opinions, saying things like (laughs) Gears of War came out of your mouth, and I can't even remember what else. It just hurt me listening to you. So I feel like I should throw myself out there, too. So if you guys are going to get criticism, I should... Throw my name in the hat or my uh, my pick in the hat in the my pick in the hat. What am I even saying? I should I should just give <laughs> throw you your mine name in the well. hat. Yeah, yeah, that is terrible. You're uh, off to a great start. I, I am. It's going to get worse real quick. Don't worry. So here is my pick for an okay game that I think is a little overrated, and it is Final Fantasy VII, the original game. Goodbye. Mm. I think this game looks really bad it is got the most blocky characters It is early in the attempts of 3d it's got clumsy controls and mechanics and i think that it is a game that stands solely in people's nostalgic glasses based on the power of its story 
Uh, I think the gameplay is not good, and I think it wasn't good then, and I think it actually holds up worse now, uh, the original does. Outside of the actual turn-based battles themselves, those are fine. But like everything else around that, I just I don't think it's a very well put out game and I am so so grateful that it got remade because now I can actually love it and before it was like way down in my rankings of FF10 and earlier Final Fantasy games just because I, I couldn't stand playing it no matter how good the story was I didn't enjoy the gameplay of trying to get through it so that's mine but you didn't play it at the time that it was released I did I did and I don't, I don't remember my feelings at the time because I was, I don't know, what, 10, 15, 12, something like that. I'm glad you I clarified mean, it, the the battle part because that, you know, that's the core of the gameplay, right? Is the, the yeah, turn-based, battles turn-based battle and everything, which yeah. is, you know, traditional Final Fantasy. What about the outside of the, the battles did you not like about the gameplay? I just don't like it. I just think it's clunky. I just think it's it's old school game that just doesn't hold up well. And people absolutely rave and say they love it. And I think that for me personally, games like that, that I think should be able to stand the test of time. The, the best games you should be able to enjoy and not feel like they are a chore to get through. And for me, sure. FF7 has kind of been a chore, so... Anyway, One I mean, these question. are hot takes. These are these are definitely yeah, yeah, not, sure. not ones that are going to win us any fans for any of us. So, <laughs> but I just felt like yeah, I got one more question it. about it. Have you played what the Steam it? port of it when they I have enhanced not, the it? one that allows you to like speed it up and stuff? No, I always yeah. thought that it was so bad it wasn't worth trying to play that way. But is it? I better? would actually, I would actually be interested in your reaction to trying that port again because the three times speed <laughs> makes it. Yeah, makes it. You know. Like it is, it is slow playing the old version of it, um, going through the story and everything, and not skipping the, not being able to skip the dialogue, is if I remember correctly. But I remember going through the port on PS4 and was like, this is way better. You know, speeding mm. it up to three times speed, and you know, it, the flow of the game is is much better in in, in that regard. And then then they upscale the the graphics a little bit, but not so much that it's, you know, I don't know. That yeah, it's, it's not remastered like or anything. Of, yeah, or right, not remade. right. Sorry, remade. It's not remade. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. We'll see. That is a hot if take I, though. If I do, I'll I'll let you know. Sure. So this week Ooh. I want us to <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the confidence. Uh <laughs> and the honesty. So this week I thought maybe we would do the reverse of this question and bring it back to positive, which would be what is an underrated game that you absolutely adore? So I'll kick it to one of you guys to to get us started. Uh, Kevin how about you? Do you have a, a pick for this? Yeah, I kind of have a two-part pick if you'll allow me to do so. So I know a lot of people did not, I mean, obviously there are a lot of people across the whole wide world, but when I talk to a lot of my friends, people our age that are into gaming, a lot of people skipped over the Sega Dreamcast. And the Sega Dreamcast was a great system. It, uh, you know, Sega Saturn was, in my opinion, better than PlayStation. I think Sega Dreamcast was, you know, leaps and bounds above the competition at the time. And so it had some great games that people just never played or didn't give a chance. Uh, And so one of the games that I want to pick out because I know that Brad might have a response is Jet Set Radio. (laughs) I love this game. I bought. I bought it, the import from Japan, before it was out, uh, the American release came out, which they retailed Jet Grind Radio, which is a really stupid decision. I don't know why they didn't just call it Jet Set Radio, but they've since retroactively 
there's ports of the game now, which I was going to mention you are able to buy on Steam now, but they've they've retroactively turned it back to Jet Set Radio, which is great. But this game is a cel-shaded game that has great music, really fun gameplay. You're a roller blading your set of rollerbladers that graffiti around the city and it's almost like a dance game too because not only in its 3d cell shaded but you're skating around but when you're doing graffiti and tagging things you actually have different ways that you have to rotate the analog sticks so we'll have you do like semicircles or full circles left and right and going back and forth so there are different designs and when you get to bigger tags that you're making they get more complex and if you mess one up you have to start over and you're also being chased by a police force which doesn't want you to be doing graffiti but the the music is really really good the gameplay is super fun and it's a beautiful game I, I think it still holds up but especially at the time it was a marvel to look at in the cell shaded graphics so I really love it and I bought it for Brad recently and he think he played it for 30 minutes and just gave up on it I think that it is underrated, especially by Brad. I would like him and anyone else to give it a shot because it's fantastic. Yeah, I got through the. I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I got through the, but I guess would what would be the tutorial, right? Where they're having you yeah. go through these just basic missions, or like skate to here, skate to there, follow this guy and skate to there. And I was like, okay, this is cool. The music is what I took away from it as being, as you mentioned, was yeah really good. But after half an hour an hour of playing it i was just like if this is all this game is i don't see me continuing to play it and i think it's one of those things where you have the nostalgia for it so you can you know you love it and so it's easy for you to pick up and play but today trying to get me into it is is a tough sell because i've i'd never heard of it before you and a few others in the community have have mentioned it so i will try to give it some more time eventually but at at this point like it's just it didn't feel like it was for me but it could, I could yeah, be I think you, yeah, I think you have to get past the certain point where you're not just doing basically tutorial. It gets a little bit more open and where you can select these different stages and it gets more challenging because you have to grind on certain things and do maneuvers uh, to get to certain areas. And it, it just gets more, you have to be more skilled and, and try things over and over and more like, kind of like a puzzle to get to different areas. And so it's it's really fun. I love that. And then while we're sticking in the musical game type genre, and it was originally released on the Sega Dreamcast, I wanted to mention Space Channel 5. I don't know if either of you have ever heard of this game, but it's very similar to a Parappa the Rappa type game and it's uh it, you follow a character called Ulala she has pink hair <laughs> and does dance moves with aliens it's set in outer space but it's outer space like a 60s style of outer space and it's super fun and and it's like i said it's like prappa where you're going through different levels and you have to press different you know combinations to the music super fun game and they actually there's a part 2 of it and it is also on steam so if you want to play those two games in addition to there's this six pack on steam that has those two plus sonic adventure sega bass fishing which i'm not gonna vouch for but it's in there knights which is another great game and crazy taxi one of the best arcade games of all time those are all in a steam collection for six dollars and 49 cents so you cannot beat that for those six games you know try at least try them out for a dollar a piece but i think space channel 5 and, and jet set radio do not get as much love especially nowadays we're so far removed from the dreamcast generation that yeah check those out those are great picks. Very unique. Wasn't expecting that at all. So I think that's a great answer <laughs> to the question. Uh, what about you, Brad? 
Yeah, one of the the first game I thought of, um, which I found some pretty interesting stuff about while doing some research on it since I haven't played it in years, was a game that came out on PlayStation 1 as well. I'm glad you mentioned Final Fantasy VII because right after that came out, a couple years later, is a game from Japan studio called Legend of Dragoon. And it was a turn-based RPG um, that got unfavorably bad i don't want to say bad reviews but i feel like when i was reading about it that it uh, it was just a lot of people were comparing it to because final fantasy was big in that generation final fantasy 7 came out i think in 96 97 and then final fantasy 8 came out right around the time i think legend of dragoon came out and for years a lot of people were wanting a sequel to it wanting and then that turned into wanting a remake of it and so on and so forth and as i was reading about it yesterday i found out that actually somehow it slipped my newsfeed or my radar that blue point games is actually remastering that game i don't know when it's coming out but like given their work on uncharted and other and demon souls and everything else they've done so far i'm like that i don't know at what extent they're going to rebuild it but it's got me really excited so um, what it is is it's a turn-paced game it plays just like final fantasy 7 if you in your case didn't like final fantasy 7 i'm afraid to sell you on this game but um, you follow a guy named Dart. I don't I haven't played it in t- probably 20 years, but it it's a turn based RPG that has a mechanic where you you kind of when you go to attack somebody, you have this like it might be one of the first instances of like a quick time event because you have the ability to match these squares that are on your screen to get a secondary attack or a special ability. And then as you progress in the game, your summons become this dragoon form where you become the more powerful version of yourself and able to. I guess, wreak hella damage on on your enemies. But um, it was one of the classic RPGs that came and went and kind of got oversold or overshadowed by the Final Fantasy franchise. And I would like everybody who I know has played it absolutely loves it. But I don't think enough people know about it or have played it and maybe makes that part of the uh, underrated uh, category. Uh, So that was the first thing I thought of. Have you guys either one of you heard of or played that game? Yeah, that was a great game on the original PlayStation. Yeah, I have the an original black label copy somewhere here at the apartment that I was hoping to find before tonight, but I wasn't just to show you guys it doesn't do the listeners any any good, but yeah, one of my favorites when I was a kid and then the more recently the super massive games. I always confuse super giant and super massive, but the super massive games uh, which I know Aaron is going to talk about it to an extent the bigger ones tonight but their dark pictures anthology the man of medan which is going to be free uh this month on playstation plus house of ashes with the third one and little hope in between they're 30 dollar games but a lot of people i think maybe look them over because they they're they're smaller than until dawn and the quarry and i actually have a really good time with them i i don't know that i'll ever 100 percent them because they're they're short stories but going through them multiple times for the multiple endings i i've never sought out doing that but i've always really enjoyed them and i don't feel like enough people uh really talk about those games either yeah i don't think a lot of people really gave them much of a chance but that's also probably i don't know out good good pick I, i'm going to talk about yeah. man of medan one day because i really like it i have, i don't have a strong opinion on the other ones but i totally agree with you there that yeah man of medan was one that i come at san diego comic-con in 2018 they had a big booth set up for it and i I walked in not knowing anything about like who the producer who the developer was or anything and they had this like living room 
setting set up where I sat there with four, I think four or five other people, and we played this demo of of part of that. And there was a character in that game called Brad, and I was like, you guys better not let Brad die, I'll tell you what. <laughs> but when I saw the gameplay and everything, I was like, this looks just like Until Dawn. And they were like, yeah, this is super massive. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm into this. And really cool experience. I got a little enamel pin and everything. And since then, I've been uh, excited for whatever entries they add to it. And I think the next one is is it's something it's to do with this like, year. Yeah, it's got Jesse Buckley in it. And mm-hmm. it's it's some kind of like serial killer. Every single game has this like this like horror trope. The first one is kind of like this paranormal versus science. And the second one is witchcraft. And the third one is is vampires. And they, they keep touching these different genres of, of horror. And uh, yeah, I think they're they're great plays. And I would like to see more people enjoy them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to be quick. I just these are actually a little bit maybe more known games in a sense probably but i wanted to mention three indies that i particularly feel should be talked about and mentioned when we discuss best indie games and i don't hear them come up enough and i think they might actually be more undiscovered slash underplayed than underrated but you know it can go either way Uh, they are monster train Monster Train probably is the least known of these games, I would say. It is a deck-building card game that is very similar to, like, a Slay the Spire. Came out around the same time, and it got overshadowed by Slay the Spire. And I absolutely adore Slay the Spire, and I will tell you, I think if I had to choose, you know, gun-to-my-head situation... I would probably tell you Monster Train is a better game or a game I enjoy slightly more. Um, So fans of Slay the Spire and other kind of deck-building card games, if you haven't checked out Monster Train, you need to. It is very, very cool. Its battle system is essentially you have like a type of battle army or whatever, like you're the angels or something and you are fighting on this actual train and you're trying to protect three rows of a train before an enemy can get to this orb that they're going to, you know, destroy which is going to cause them to defeat you. And so waves of enemies enter on the bottom floor and you have a set number of spots that you can place your cards and play your guys and you can play them on any of the three levels and so you're kind of constantly trying to navigate how to keep these guys from the front row from advancing all the way up to the top to eventually where they can take out this orb thing that you have so it's a a unique game in the structure of how it plays out even though it's a very familiar concept to anybody who's played a type of game that is like this. And and it really is just from the art style to the flow, to the balance of the game, to the different types of uh, hero decks that you get to play with and stuff. It, it's phenomenal. So there's that one. There's a slow hike, which is about a three hour long game. I tweet about it all the time. So anytime it goes on sale and there's a notification by Wario's Twitter account or games, cheap Twitter accounts, all these things. Anytime I see it, I'm like, buy this game, buy this game, buy this game. You're basically a little bird and you're walking around a pixelated bird and you're walking around this mountain 
area and it has the most soothing soundtrack and there's really not anything much to do. I mean, you do things, but there's no real direction. It's just meant to be, it's kind of one of those cozy games in a sense, but it does have a progression to it, like an A to B kind of story, but you just kind of wander around and figure things out. And and there's not a heavy puzzle element to it. There's no combat of any kind. It's just about you. It's got a really sweet little bit of a story that I don't want to give away that kind of unveils itself slowly as you explore. And like I said, it's just like a two and a half to three hour experience that will put you in the best mood ever when you play it. It just makes you happy and very relieved, very relaxed. And so I think a lot of people would benefit from playing it. It was out on Switch and I believe Steam when I played it back in the day, but now I think it's out everywhere. You can get it on, I want to say PlayStation and Xbox as well. And then the third, I don't remember, I think I might have actually talked about this on one of our first episodes of the podcast, Thomas Was Alone. Did I did I review it? Do you guys remember? Yeah. I think I did. Yeah. yeah. So Thomas Was Alone would be the other one. I won't go into detail. You can listen back to one of the previous episodes where I discussed it in depth, but it's just a cute little puzzle game where you're a bunch of shapes trying to get from point A to point B. And it's minimalistic as can be, but it has a great soundtrack and a great narrated story that makes you care about these squares and circles that you're jumping with across this plain old simple landscape that (laughs) anybody who was 10 years old could have probably designed, honestly, uh, minus maybe the depth of the kind of strategy within the design of the actual levels that you have to get through, but they're, they're simply designed. It's just lines and and it's nothing fancy. And it's a really, really great game that is worth everybody checking out for sure. So those are my three. All right. Games, 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 more games. So what has everybody been up to for the last week or so? I've been out two weeks. Uh, Has anybody played anything interesting or do you guys want me to launch into my, long collection of things that I have now built up and am waiting to explode and discuss. I think I'll get mine out of the way real quick. I've honestly, in the past week or so, since Brad and I spoke last week, I've not had a ton of time to game. I haven't progressed in any story. I haven't turned on the Steam Deck and played a bit of Final Fantasy 2, which I really wish that I was able to. I wanted to try to beat it before the show, but I just have not had any time with work and other obligations going on. So I've been playing some little quick games. I think uh, someone mentioned on the Discord that Fall Guys became free to play. So I already had purchased it on PlayStation previously, but now you can get it for free on PC and the crossplay is enabled. So if you haven't played it yet, Fall Guys is a really fun game where there's 100 of these little brightly colored animated blobs running around the screen and they're going through obstacle courses it's kind of like a like american gladiator or something like that there's just tons of these crazy inventive things where there's uh, different uh different walls that are going up and down that you have to try to jump over in time right and you're trying not to fall off ledges and you can also grab the other people and, and the objective is to basically get to the finish line at the end of the level and the courses are all different and crazy and, and fun to try to get through and uh, you do it in different waves so like the 100 goes down to 50 and then you the 50 goes down to 25 and each round you get smaller and smaller amounts that will qualify and then you hope to be the the 
number one player at the end that that lasts i think the final round is like i don't know 10 or 8 people that compete but it, it's super fun to pick up it, aaron you played it haven't you i think i saw yeah i first, played it right I, well yeah i played it when it came out with my kids originally and then i played it by myself like three matches on my playstation 5 this last week when the big launch happened and i got my first win on the third one and it was a pretty epic experience honestly i've gotten close before i've been to the final round a few times but it's tough i mean this game is there's so many one wrong bounce and you're toast right and it came down to me and this other guy and you know you're waddling along it's such a cute game it's so silly and we're waddling up the steps to the crown and the crown is it's like up this like ramp and you can go left or right. We both went right. So we were like neck and neck. It was like we were in a dead sprint together and the crown is kind of over is emptiness, right? It's like out in the middle of nothingness. It's not on solid ground and we get up to it and he is about, I would say a half a second ahead of me in time because I see his character move as I'm hitting my jump button and he jumps. But when he jumps, he jumps like a, like a hop, like a straight up and down hop instead of (laughs) like he didn't, he was just jumping and he, as, as he's jumping, I jump and I hit the grab button because you got to grab onto the crown. Right. And so I get this animation in slow-mo. For me, it was in slow felt like it was in slow-mo of where my character is essentially like almost superimposed over his back as he is falling into the void while I go above him and catch the le- the edge of the crown and get the victory. And so he's like just right below me, like almost like I'm on top standing on top of him when I grab the crown. It was a literal photo finish and it was so cool. I never need to play it again in my life. I'm happy now. I got my win. I'm good. I uh, but yeah, did no, you record is... the gameplay? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh I... man, I wish you, you could do that, right? You can that. like yeah, like, it, it, retrospective. Yeah, PlayStation, or man, I, you just save the clip. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Dang. know. How to, I play everything in different consoles, and I don't remember the different <laughs> buttons. But yeah, I should have. But yeah, anyway, yeah. So I got my win, and I agree. Our my buddy Teeps, he so he has been obsessed with it. So I've had to listen to him talk about Fall Guys for two weeks now on our Voxer channel that we have a few friends that we talk about stuff and mostly games and sports all day long. And he just, every night it's, he stayed up till midnight playing the stupid game multiple nights in a row. We're like, dude, make some triangle strategy progress or go, you know, work on your Pokemon Pokedex and Pokemon sword. And he's like, no, I got to do my dailies. I, I bought the battle pass. <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with you, man? Like you get, stop. You're 30 something years old, but he's obsessed with it. He thinks it's really tight gameplay. So yeah, it's it's taken the world by storm for another yeah, couple I've weeks. I've always enjoyed it. I think <laughs> uh, I don't think on PS4 when it dropped a couple years ago, Kevin, I think it was free for a little bit like Rocket League was because I don't remember ever buying it, but I own it as well. And so I, I played it quite a bit when it first dropped and haven't touched it in quite a while. But those, you know, those games, they're just so easy to pick up and play. The, the, the games are so much fun. One in a hundred chance of winning and just so goofy. So I 
I should pick it back up. It, I have a lot of fun with it. I think it was free if you had PS Plus, so that's probably how you got it for for a while. It right. was free, yeah, and then you oh, could yeah. buy it if not and and play it. But yeah, it's it's super fun. I don't think I've ever gotten a win, so that's impressive. I don't know that I have either. It's it's a really hard game, and I've made it to the finals tons of times, and I've been like the second to last person. But it's it is just, I mean, it's the difference between winning or not is a split decision it's this year it could be a split second away from it but it's super fun to play and you always feel like oh i might get there and, and maybe someday but i've been picking up some rounds of that i had a couple of funny situations one was ryan was trying to tell me how to do this shortcut and i was like making great time i was right behind him i was maybe like in the top 10 or 20 of the 100 that needed to qualify and he's like oh yeah don't don't swing on this trapeze to go across to the finish line jump in this tube to the side and then you'll go up to the finish line so i'm like what i'm like can i just jump And he's like no no no, don't do that so i go off to the side miss the tube and end up dying And I'm like, I could have just swung on the trapeze in front of me. He's like, that takes forever. I'm like, well, I'm dead now. So it didn't work out very well. And uh, so there's just funny ways where you can try to get to the end faster. And then uh, the other time was there's this one stage where it's very simple. Uh, imagine that game, Simon. I think it's Simon where there's like four colors on a sphere. And yeah. you, Simon you, says. There's like, yeah, so there's like, so so imagine a Simon board, but it's that's what your little play area is on Fall Guys. It's very simple. And uh, eventually, Eventually, each of the four, which I think they're split into two each. So like, let's say there's eight little sections of the circle and they start falling underneath you. And meanwhile, there is a um, imagine like the hands of a clock. It's like uh, there's like a, a rotating thing going around and you either have to jump. You have to jump over one and there's also one above you going at the same time but they're like off by a little bit they're offset and eventually they speed up and at the very end they're both going to go together so you can't jump over it and you can't duck under the top one so you know the last person that lives is the one that doesn't get hit by those and uh i think he had already been eliminated i was on the top like two or or i would say two or three people left and i'm like i'm gonna see if i can jump onto one of those things and see if i can kind of cheat the system well spoilers you cannot jump onto the things that are spinning and trying to hit you so i fell to my death and and did not qualify that round so anyway it's it's just a super silly fun game like aaron said and the other one that i've been picking up is Fortnite. i'm just you know, that's a game that I've played on and off since the beginning of the game. I kind of fell off last season. I don't know if we have any listeners that play Fortnite, but it's the game that not the first, but it was the one that really set the world on fire with Battle Royale. And that, uh, you know, is is it, they've grown and they've like the map has changed a lot. And there's all these different modes that I touched upon some last week when I talked to Brad, but I kind of fell off last season and Doctor Strange was one of the outfits and I didn't even play long enough to get to Doctor Strange, which I'm kind of bummed about. But I just I don't know, I kind of I, I go through waves like i think in the third season i didn't finish the battle pass on that either so i take breaks but this season there's darth vader is the level 100 skin you get and indiana jones is the secret skin which they'll have missions in the middle of the season that you can do to get them so i've got to get darth vader and indiana jones so i've kind of gotten back into it played some matches with him and i'm hoping to at least be able to get to level 100 with that one and but yeah just just a a few little pickup games and hopefully by next episode i'll actually get some story games finished outstanding well i have lots of progress to talk about (laughs) so i'll uh, i'll jump into these this is what happens when you're out for a couple weeks and even though i didn't game a ton 
when I was down for the count with shingles, which I highly do not recommend that anyone ever experience. So if you have the opportunity to get this vaccine early, uh, you normally get it, I guess, when you're around 50. I recommend you go ask your doctor and be like, can I get that shingles vax, please? Because I had a friend who was in his early 40s and got shingles and it was horrible <laughs> and no one should ever have to go through it. But it was miserable to the point where I couldn't even really game too much during that period because I was just so uncomfortable and you just can't enjoy anything active like that. But I did get a lot done uh, both before I got hit with that and then after. Uh, I You guys talked about TMNT, so I'm not going to recap that in full, but I also have been playing Shredder's Revenge opening weekend for it, release weekend I should say. I you know, played through it on Xbox with my kids, beat the story, played through arcade mode with my kids, beat that. Then I've downloaded it on my PS5 and beaten it with my best friend um, on PS5. So I've got going for probably going to eventually 100% and platinum it, I think, on both consoles. I'm 27 of 30 achievements on Xbox right now. I just need to beat it on hard mode and go through with all the different characters, which is actually going to be fun because the game is so short and such a joy that I'm actually looking forward to going through it with each of the characters. It's pretty... Oh, I think I also need to max them all out as maybe one of them as well, one of the achievements. So... How do you get Casey Jones? Beat the story. As soon as you beat the story, okay. yeah, you unlock Casey. That's all we figured. All right. Yeah. And he's fun. He's he's a lot of fun. He's got all these different sports references that he does with his <laughs> his, ver- his various move sets. Is all a bunch of different types of sports kind of themed attacks. So he's a, a blast. Yeah. About, about the turtles themselves, because I heard it on another uh, show. Do I assume that it was just a beat 'em up? You're just playing as your favorite turtle. Everything you know, plays the same, right? Is is there different perks to playing as the different turtles? Is there like power differences between them at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you see them on the startup screen, when you're on the character select screen, they all have a speed rating, a range rating, and a power rating. And it oh, okay. is very, very, very different. My daughter was playing at April 1st, and then when we went through on arcade mode, I, we were all like, okay, everybody picks somebody else. And so she's flipping through and she's like, I don't know. I, and then she, I think she played somebody slow and she was commenting about how it was so different. She was having to try and get used to it because as April, she was such a fast character and she really liked that. And now everything she did was much slower movements and she had to rely on one hit versus a whole bunch of hits. And so it, it actually is fairly I think obvious and range as well. I've noted playing with different characters. So it it can be like Donatello was my main and had max range because of his staff. But you want to, you know, you go play somebody like Raphael, who's like super up close and personal kind of thing. And with his size and it, it's very different type of gameplay um, when you're going through it. So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't have a choice when I joined Kevin and the crew. The first, the only time we played was because, uh, everybody had chosen their character, and I was left with Raphael. And, oh, uh, yeah. So that's that's good to know. Yeah, cool. Yeah, good game. Great, great game. Honestly, I found out this studio actually is responsible. I, I want to say, I hope somebody fact check me, but I'm pretty sure that they also made the Scott Pilgrim or did the Scott Pilgrim game remaster. 
as well. So they're they've done a lot of beat 'em up games. Has me really intrigued and kind of wanting to pick that up and go through it because I think we all probably love Scott Pilgrim the movie, and that oh, game yeah. is supposed to be we essentially do. playing through it. So I've kind of got the designs on picking that up at some point. I'm not a big beat 'em up fan, much like you said on the podcast last week, Brad. I, this is not a genre that I gravitate towards. I was just like, oh, but I remember playing this in the arcade when my parents dropped me off for a couple hours, and so let me check this out. And it's something about the Turtles one just clicked for me, and maybe it's IP yeah. that I need. Now, they also made Streets of Rage 4, I, I believe, as well. So they're really good at these kind of games. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, iPad Air, I wanted to briefly mention, I got an iPad Air, and I am using it primarily for, I would say, watching F1, <laughs> certain aspects of watching F1 during the race. I could pull up car videos uh, where you're actually in a specific car instead of like the broadcast and I'll be using it for NBA league pass watching stuff essentially, but gaming on it, it's not going to happen a lot for me, but it does have a place. So I used to be in the Apple ecosystem. I have sw since switched and become a Google pixel ecosystem person for the last probably almost a decade now. But prior to that, for more than a decade, I was Apple. So I've had plenty of iPads over my lifetime. It's not my first rodeo, but the first one I've had in a long time and this thing lives up to its hype. I got the brand new version, the 2022 iPad Air, and it is gorgeous, gorgeous. It is big, it is fast, it is light. I absolutely love it. And I already own, because I was in that ecosystem so long, so many things, especially board game apps, because at the time I was a huge board game person. This is when I was acquiring my hundreds of games that I own and running board game meetups on a weekly basis and such. So I had all the board game apps. So it's been kind of cool to like re-download some of those. And I think for me, like the, the kind of games I'm going to play on this largely live in that category. One deck dungeon. Checkers, chess, no. backgammon. Oh my uh, God. What? No. He's being silly. Um, <laughs> Yahtzee. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've put an unreasonable amount of time into Farkle on Facebook back in the day. Uh, speaking of Yahtzee. I related. love Farkle. <laughs> but uh, no, like, there. Uh, so I've been playing, I played some One Deck Dungeon. I, I re-downloaded, or I guess I bought and played Slay the Spire on it. Had to get that right away. I own that on, like, every single platform. Civ uh, 6 and Civ 2 Revolution, I owned both of those, so... Huge Civilization guy. I'm excited to kind of be able to dig into it with those. It's a really great format for those games specifically that are just one more turn, one more turn, one more turn sitting in my lap while I've got sports on or something. And then I had an experience with it this weekend I want to briefly mention. So my buddy Andy, who is in our Discord, uh, Indy Andy Jones, he, he came over and he hung out with me for a couple of days uh, for like a little mini gaming weekend for us. And... Towards the end of the second night, I had had a very strong beverage, and I I'm also on painkillers. These painkillers don't freak out anybody listening. Like I've confirmed, oh they're okay to. It's okay to mix these. They just enhance the specific drowsiness factor. So I was like really tired slash buzzed, and I couldn't get into any of the games that I was playing. Like I, I wanted to play something, but. 
I, they were action based. The things, you know, I, so I was trying to find something chill for like the last three or four hours of the evening. So first thing I did is I was like, you know what, I should get Animal Crossing again. So I waited and re-downloaded Animal Crossing. Now. The story is I upgraded my OLED Switch, and if you've ever upgraded a Switch, it's Nintendo, so duh, it's not easy. It's a nightmare. I oh, had traded no. in my old Switch. Well, the way, the only way you can save your Animal Crossing Island, because it's not in the cloud, is you have to download a specific app in the App Store on Nintendo that's basically called Animal Crossing Switch save file transfer thing and very to the point yeah well it literally is something like that (laughs) and you have to have both consoles how many people have their old one after they bought the new one not many people right most people trade it in to get money to buy the new one which is what i did and then you've already transferred your account and then the save data is basically gone because you're not logged into it anymore yes. it's so you don't pain. have it i've so my I've done this multiple yeah, times my 130 hour plus animal crossing which is not a lot compared to many people but it was a lot for me you know it's gone my island was gone so i was like well i'll just start over it should be fine it's a, it'll be chill it'll it'll fit the mood <laughs> i downloaded it right i fired it up i got about three minutes into the game and i was like i don't have my golden <laughs> tools you want me yep. to do, I only oh, have oranges. No. no, I'm not doing this again. So I del- close it down. And I was like, okay, I want to play something like this. So this led me to the iPad Air and did some Googling. I was like, oh my gosh, I can sync my PlayStation 5 wireless controller, my DualSense to this iPad Air. That's so cool. Let me try that out. So I did it. So I Googled some lists. Well, what can I play that's a chill game on an iPad Air? And so I discovered Cozy Grove. Have you guys heard of Cozy Grove? Either of no. you. Okay. So hit little indie that came out a couple years ago. It's basically Animal Crossing. You're like this human, but it, you're collecting like badges, almost like you're a Boy Scout. And you're on this, somehow you're on this random island and there's ghosts. And you're finding ghosts and doing fetch quests. And it's got really soothing music. And it's basically Animal Crossing. You can build up a house. You can decorate all these things. So I played that for about... 30, 45 minutes. I was like, this is really cool. And then I was like, okay, this is the same thing. I'm doing over, I'm boring. I'm, this is dumb. Why would I do this? I'm not going to continue. I'm wasting my time. So just shut that down. You have a question. Yeah, I was just going to comment that I love the art of this game. I'm glad you mentioned it's gorgeous. it. gorgeous. I'm probably going to check it out. Yeah. It's gorgeous. No, I, I don't, I, it did not work for me because it's not the kind of game. I'm just not going to play those kind of games anymore. But it, it is a very like well-made and soothing and it has a satisfying loop of quests and collections and the the things that you do. So I I liked what I played of it for sure. And then I, that led me to another, you know, Google list of what can I play? And I think it was iPad air or iPad gaming, iOS gaming exclusives that I looked for this time. One that stuck out was this game called little Orpheus and it's from a developer called the Chinese room and it is only on iOS for some random reason. This game is phenomenal. So essentially, the story is you are a Russian cosmonaut, and you, for some reason, are carrying a nuclear bomb in your space vessel, and your rocket or whatever, and you have crashed somewhere, and you have been recovered, but they can't find the bomb, 
And so the story is narrated where you are being interrogated by a Russian general about where the atomic bomb is. And it plays out. It's a side-scrolling game that's kind of a platformer. There's no combat. It's really you're just moving left to right, jumping and swinging on vines and climbing a little bit and occasionally doing little puzzly type artifact movement in environmental puzzles. But you are telling a story to the general about what has happened. And it starts with you saying, well, here I was, I found myself in the center of the earth. This is what happened. And it's got this incredible dialogue back and forth between you, the cosmonaut, and the general. And he is completely doubting you. He's like making fun of you. He's very annoyed by you. He doesn't believe your story. He's, you know, you're trying, it, it feels like maybe you're making it up, but it's you can never quite be sure as the player. And so then you're playing through. It's got gorgeous art. The backgrounds are kind of part of the scene. So for one period, you're like, you're, there's a dinosaur in the middle of this earth and his head is like hunting you. It's very, if you've played Ori in the Blind Forest, it's kind of like how the backgrounds can, can interact with you and you'll have to hide while the face is coming from the inside the screen and it's like coming towards you. Anyway, it plays out really cool. Each chapter is about, 30 minutes long, I would say, and there are nine of them. I've played through three, so 33% of the game. And when you get to the end of a chapter, it's always a cliffhanger. So it's like you're swinging on a vine and something is chasing you. And the game goes into this like announcer mode and it's like, will he be safe or will he be eaten? You know, tune in next week. And it go and it basically plays out like an episode of a B movie sci-fi tv show type concept like fantastic planet or you know journey to the center of the earth kind of type of storytelling and it's amazing it is like was such a find i am so excited to continue playing this game when i get some free time like i cannot wait to play it and it's just this random game that's only on ios that i discovered and yeah so it's called little orpheus and if you have apple it is a must play in my opinion. It looks really cool. I, I don't is. have any Apple devices to play that. Um, but you it's mentioned the Chinese room. in 2022. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm glad that you there mentioned you it was from the Chinese room too. They had a game uh, back in 2015 called uh, everybody goes to the rapture. It's a different kind of game than this, but the story, I that didn't they know tell, they made that. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. It's a walking simulator game and it oh, just yeah. tells a story as you're going through, you know, everybody's been raptured and that, yeah. When you said the Chinese room, I was like, I know that developer who, what did they make? And then it, then That's it clicked. So and cool. Like, yeah. So uh, just the story that they tell in that game and the atmosphere that they create got me even more excited to check this out when I have, when it's on switch and I have a platform that I can play it on. That's what you said was switch in 2022. Is that, is that right, Kevin? Yeah, and it looks like it's got a listing on Xbox, so I'm guessing it's going to other consoles oh. sometime this year. Oh, man, that makes me really, really happy. A, because I can put it in my 2022 games ranking list when that happens, but also just so everybody can play it, because it is yeah so good. And I, I think it, it's just one of those like hidden gems that people are going to discover through random people who actually check it out, like us, uh, and talking about it. So hopefully people will put it on the radar, because I, I really highly recommend it. it. It's it online. looks like a game, though. It will be on Game Pass. I bet it's a Game Pass game. I bet it is, too. Yeah, it's the perfect kind of game that they'd make a deal and show up there. I hope so. That Even more people will play it then. You Same. Know? Yeah. All right. So the bigger games I've played, the first one is The Quarry. 
so I got a couple of these. I did get the quarry. I had my son over a couple weekends ago, and we were talking about how excited we were to play through it. And so we got it. So here is my, and I'll try to keep this as brief as I can, but here's my like review of the quarry. We went through it all in two nights. We love super massive games, just like you were talking about, Brad. I play these and I adore them. The acting talent, the fact that they get real acting talent in these games is always a plus, and it's a plus in this one as well. There are definitely some people that you're going to recognize. I'll say one character is played by David Arquette, and <laughs> when he shows up in the game, he is a camp counselor. He's like the head of the camp counselors, so he runs the camp, but he's wearing essentially like a ranger uniform and the when he shows up i'm kidding you not it, the game frames it as a hero shot where it's looking up on him on the balcony of a place and the music hits this theme and it's like it's the scream theme it's not because probably <laughs> copyright but it is like dun, 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 dun. like you know what i'm talking about <laughs> right the and the one that always plays when dewey shows up it's yeah. that music almost to a T and I was like they know what they're doing and it and it's early in the game and so it really impressed me because I was like okay we're I'm in for somebody who's taking care and like they know the references they're trying to make here and they they love the same things that I love and so uh yeah it, it was just a really cool little thing there the game is very referential in general it feels like a love letter to the genre and to kind of old 80s slashers, that feeling of being chased in the woods and you don't know what's coming or why. Um, it, it is a story that I think does a really great job of building up. It's slow going, to be honest, at first for a little while, but it allows you time to really get to know the various character personalities that are in this one. I think there's like nine-ish playable characters and oh, wow. ultimately, you know, it results in creating these twists and very suspenseful and supernatural dangers that you are dealing with. The gameplay itself, you know, if you've played these games before, and the, the main comparison here would be Until Dawn. That's their other fully featured, feature-length, nine-ish hour, eight-hour experience game. The QTEs, I'm going to compare some things here. So in Until Dawn... And I just replayed Until Dawn, or a little over half of it, until PlayStation Plus stupid way of doing things screwed me. So just, I'll warn people real quick. I went to play Until Dawn, and it was on the PlayStation Plus collection. And the option that it gave me was to stream it. So I started to stream it. And the only way you can replay Until Dawn and keep your collection that you have going forward to for trophy progress is if you load a save file that exists and restart it at a chapter and move forward from that point. If you start a new game, you wipe all of your progress completely. It does not save it and carry it over. So you have to start, like, you have to get all the collectibles on one playthrough, essentially. Whereas my method, I would experience the story again with different choices, but it would build upon the knowledge of the choices that I already have in my like menus. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. But by doing that, 
whatever their stinking save system is, after a couple of nights, I was having trouble streaming it one night. I, my internet was acting a fool. There were people playing online games upstairs. So I was like, I know I own this game. What is going on? So I was poking around, trying to find different, you know, trying to click on different things within the product page. And I finally, I found a download option, but you had to go, yeah. like, it was hidden. So I downloaded the game. I was like, well, cool. I'm going to download it and play it. I'm like, See, that'll be even better, you know? Like, I'm going to just stream this thinking thing. I'm so happy. I opened yeah. it to download, and it was my save file fresh without the progress I had made of going halfway through it when I was streaming it. It was completely gone. It just disappeared. So it doesn't save it for some reason. Anyway, I don't know what I don't know why PlayStation Plus is like that. But basically, the moral of the story is don't ever try to stream a game and then download it in the middle of your playthrough. Pick one and go all the way through it lest you lose your save file. I'm confused why they gave you a stream option for a PS4 game. I thought that was exclusive to like PS3 like games Bro, that I don't know. downloadable. I, like I already owned it, so, so I don't know why it yeah, I don't know why right. it defaulted to that either. But anyway, oh, man. that being said, I had replayed it because I A, I love it, and I confirmed for myself that I think it is still the better game overall. And I wanted to be able to compare it to the quarry. So in Until Dawn, your QTEs were famously very difficult because they are a lot like God of War's QTEs where you get a button that shows up on the screen and you have a literal second or two to click the right button. So you have to have very good reflexive memory of seeing it on screen and knowing which button to hit immediately. You can't look at the controller. You kind of, you got to know where it is, right? And if you don't, you're going to get people killed (laughs) pretty early and pretty often. In the quarry... It's not like that. In the quarry, you don't have to rush to hit the buttons on the QTEs. So it gives you a little picture of a stick, and then it points an arrow, and all you have to do is move your stick in the direction of the arrow, and you have a couple of seconds to do it, and then that's how the QTE is done. Anyway, it's much, much more relaxed and much easier. And so... I don't know that we missed any QTEs. It was very simple. Yeah. When you play a game like that, though, um, are you wanting to be relaxed? Because I feel like the hard QTEs is what make the you know the consequences even more dire in in games like that. So it you know part of me it, when you say that the QTEs are easier, I'm like yep. I don't know that I necessarily like that. I mean, good, more people are going to live, but I'm not going to face the consequences of the story. You know, going a different direction because people are dying as well. That is very true. That is completely yeah. true. Yes, it is a an entirely different experience. Going back to Until Dawn afterwards, my heart was pumping way harder and I was way more terrified and constantly in a state of suspense and on the edge of my seat in Until Dawn. And that's part of why I still think it's the masterpiece in this yeah. company's work and this game is a little bit of a notch below that. But I enjoyed it for them being a little easier too while I was playing it at the time. Okay. But so, you know, like you said, it's going to be a preference kind of thing, but that is something that is worth pointing out. Um, we, the game, the game looks great. Graphics are pretty gorgeous uh, with, with regards to the environments and the lighting and the shadows and stuff like that. Character models, they still have not nailed character models. In my opinion, sometimes they can be a little 
artifacty, like, like the, the heads can get a little blocky for a split second and stretched out. There was one point I just started moving a guy's neck in a circle with my stick uh, to show my kids and I was it looked like he was Reed Richards like his neck would just <laughs> go at one point it would be like almost like it was like extending off like a go-go gadget or something it was very <laughs> creepy and then we had a weird bug where every once in, we weren't playing the game with subtitles but every once in a while a random caption would just appear on the screen and it would like show captions for about three seconds and then they would disappear again and so basically the game still got some bugs in it it's not perfect. Um, the score and the license to music are outstanding. They're extremely helpful in contributing to the outstanding spooky atmosphere of this camp and wh what's going on that it's, it's happening. The lyrics to the license music are all very meaningful. When you start the game, it actually gives you the option of starting the game in a streamer mode, which is it takes out the license music so that you can stream it without any sort of uh, issue of copyright. So, but it recommends you, you play it without doing that and use the actual licensed music. And there's a, it's a good suggestion. I think we played it in movie mode. We, the first time we'd ever been able to do this. And we were like, we told the game we had two players and we told it, we wanted it to randomly assign us characters. And so it basically rolled like dice, the character names and it gave Tyler three or four and me three or four and we could re-roll if we wanted but we didn't know what we were doing so we were like cool and then essentially when your character comes up it says the, it goes into like a little brief pause screen and it's like brad player one and so if brad is tyler's character my son i would give tyler the controller and tyler would play through brad's next section and then it when it came up to Kevin's section, it would be like player two, Kevin. And then he would hand me the controller and I would play Kevin. And so we did this. Now it was interesting. I love the mode. I think it is phenomenal. It's a really, really great way to play co-op. Unfortunately, the random selection, because of the way it did it, it happened to give my son more of the main characters because there are characters that have much more story than others. So there were times where he was like, and we also got my characters killed first which ended up resulting in this situation where it was like all him towards the end of the game. And I, he had to just, he was like, dad, here you play my character, play this, play this section. Cause like, I just was never getting a turn. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that can happen, but it's still just a really, really cool mode. We loved it. I can't talk about our final results. We only saved three people out of like nine. So not great. Oh boy. It went bad real fast. Like we were doing pretty darn good. And then it just, it was like, like major South in an instant. And there is <laughs> kind of a, a bit of a bummer here where until dawn, by nature of the game's title itself, if you have played it, it is building to an event. Dawn. <laughs> okay. You are trying to survive until a point in time, a point in time in which like any good movie or game or storytelling, you know, it's coming. Therefore you're building and driving towards this thing. And until Dawn has a very unforgettable final sequence to its ending. It is big, bombastic, and amazing, and it provides closure, and then the credits provide even more closure, and you really get a good report of what happened to your characters and such. That is not what happens in this game. 
our game literally just ended after a death. It was like over and the credits started rolling and it was like, it rolled through different characters. It was like, blah, 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 dead to this, blah, blah, blah. This is their status, blah, 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 alive. And then it was just into the credits and some cute little dialogue and narration that, that added to the story a little bit, but not much. But it, was, it wasn't like a specific ending to our, that we achieved. We have done a little bit of research. We're going to be playing this game again. We're going to play again through it, through it this weekend. We're going for the Platinum, so we're going to be doing it a ton. Oh, wow. We love it. But we think that maybe that it's partially because we didn't have enough characters are alive or because of the characters. That's my that thought. We, That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. More of an ending if they were alive. But we also know for a fact it doesn't have an ending that is anything like Until Dawn's, even if you save all of them or whatever. Like You don't get a big singular moment that kind of wraps everything up it just is all dependent upon your individual character groups because the nature of this story isn't building to one singular moment for all of the characters things can go in different directions so i can't say we love that i we definitely prefer the until dawn method where there is this big moment and it's just a matter of who lived or who died but the moment will always be the same whereas this is different types of moments but overall i really like the game i highly recommend it i was really nervous about it because i was like i don't know if we want to spend the money on this sucker or not it's a full price game and you're gonna get eight hours out of it and really my advice to people who are on the fence is simply if you feel like you love these games already you're like me you've played until dawn multiple times or you like me and brad you've played you know, Man of Madon and some of these other smaller games, if you know you love them, you're going to get your money's worth out of this because you're going to play it multiple times. That's where the value is in these games. If you are looking to just go through an experience one time in one eight-hour period and that's all that you care about, whatever happens, happens, and you're going to move on, it's probably not worth your full $70 or whatever the heck it was that I paid for this game. Like, there is a value proposition here that has to be talked about i think when it comes to this and so i don't think it justifies it if you really are just coming to it for that one single playthrough i think you need to wait until it goes on sale probably if you're i think i need to game fly this one or there you go yeah it's a great (laughs) seriously that's a great thing kevin awesome that you bring that up it's a perfect candidate for a rental or you know Borrowing it from a friend or something like that, uh, because you can play through it. Or the library. One, one night, one weekend, you know, like I said, two nights, we blaze through it. We love it. So, yeah, I think it's their second best thing they've done so far that I've played, but still just reminded me how what I just feel until dawn is almost perfect. I mean, it is just such an incredible game and, and very much lightning in a bottle. And I think that. If they mix some of the elements of the quarry into Until Dawn, some of the enhanced character interactions, because that this game has great character interactions and really fleshed out unique characters with different personality types and the way they engage with each other is really cool. I think you could create a masterpiece between the two of them. And so I think that Supermassive has that in them and I will forever just be super excited about anything that they put out. I think going forward, this for sure nails that for me. So Sounds yeah, fun, awesome. Yeah, there's that. That and then let's see real quick. The other thing I got into on a whim, and I have to mention this, 
is because it was very much one of those weird experiences where this game called Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. Either of you familiar with it or any interest? It's on Switch. Not at all. I only know the name. Okay. Either of you play Fire Emblem Three Houses? No. no. I know okay. of it, but I've never played those games. All right. Same. Top 10 RPG probably of all time for me. Maybe top 10 all game of all time for me. I absolutely adore wow. it. I have put well over 100 hours into it. It is a tactics RPG like Final Fantasy Tactics. That's the Fire Emblem series mixed with a dating sim, essentially, in a sense, you go around, you can create relationships and give gifts to characters. The relationships that you have with those characters impacts your battle prowess and the abilities that you have when you are on the battlefield with them. So there's like synergies to everything you do. It's kind of like a persona type situation in that way. So it's a tactics game mixed with that. I adore it. So I was like, oh, cool. More in the Fire Emblem universe. This is essentially Fire Emblem Warriors is... Fire, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes is a sequel in spinoff thing to both Fire Emblem Warriors, which was a previous game of this kind, which is a Musou game. It is a Japanese hack and slash action game where you fight hundreds of enemies at a time. So it's basically the Dynasty Warriors formula is the best way to explain it. Uh, it's long been made by this this developer, Omega Force, and produced by Koei Tecmo. So they w did Dynasty Warriors forever, and then they started putting new IP skins on top of it. So they've done a Hyrule Warriors game where it's basically the same thing, only it's set in the Zelda world and you feel, heal Zelda enemies. And this, I thought, was just going to be the same thing. But instead, it is really, they have branched out and completely reinvented their own style of game. So the combat in the game is the Musou genre. You run around the battlefield and it's you with whatever your weapon is and you just are slaughtering hundreds of soldiers and different battle you know enemies at one time and there are some higher strength enemies or bosses mini bosses that you eventually find and you know you try to take down etc you have different abilities you can use uh, over the course of it you level them up you gain new ones rpg style almost but the rest of this game unlike the other games in this whole series that they've ever made, is actually like Fire Emblem Three Houses. So you set up with a camp, and you go around and talk to your students. You're basically joining this group of students in Fire Emblem Three Houses. It's like an, This is like an alternate timeline, and your character in that game join, joins this group of this, this school, and you become an instructor, for one of three different houses. In this game, you join as a student as one of the three houses, and the protagonist from Fire Emblem Three Houses, the RPG, becomes an antagonist to your character in this game. So when I booted this game up, it found my Three Houses save file, and it imported my hero character, and I had to fight them early in the game, Oh, to set up cool. the story, I my character that I'd spent all that time with became my antagonist of this game in a way. Fascinating wow. alternate history. So people who are coming to this with no no connection or no having not played that are not going to get nearly as much out of it. I'm not going to lie. You play as the same three houses. So they have unique characters 
leaders, relationships, everything feels the same here. I have been geeking out about it nonstop. I couldn't put it down. I've never liked this genre, and I have fallen completely in love with this game. The way that they translated the tactics RPG and everything about it outside of it being a tactics RPG style of gameplay and combat, instead it's the action combat, everything else feels just like Fire Emblem Three Houses to me. Uh, you give you the same exact abilities. The weapons work the exact same way. You have the exact same resources and they do the exact same things you can cook for people to increase your relationships you can take them on little excursions to increase their relationships like it is it is beat for beat the gameplay of fire emblem three houses it's just the combat that's different and so i highly recommend it for anyone out there who loves fire emblem three houses you need to check this out it's cool because one of the things i love about switch guys so many games give you a free demo still and this just doesn't happen on other consoles. I mean, I know PlayStation is trying to get into that now a little bit. They're not free. You still have to be like subscribed to their highest tier of PlayStation Plus to get them. But Switch, yes. for some reason, they make demos. And there's a three-hour demo of this game, and your progress carries forward. So it's like, why wouldn't you give it a shot if you have any interest whatsoever? I don't understand you know? why. I mean, I don't understand why they wouldn't why all systems wouldn't do demos it makes no sense we grew up in a time of i mean demos demo discs pc demo discs they were throwing them at you like they were aol discs like they were you want to buy the game and the system's going to make a percentage of that i think it's so stupid to block demos from anybody me too i think it's one of the most asinine parts of the game industry to not have a robust demo program where most game developers spend the time to do it especially with triple a games that are costing 70 bucks now give people the opportunity to try it you'll sell more you're not going to sell less that people are probably scared like well what if they wouldn't buy our game if they tried it no no be, have some confidence in yourself you know right are you trying to scam people yeah, like exactly what if, yeah, if, if they don't like your game you shouldn't take 70 dollars from them thank you you're, you're right on there and so yeah, I, I've loved it, man. I it, This and Triangle Strategy, I adore, and I'm in the middle of both of them now, and I, they're going to be my carry-forward games, just my main story games to beat, and I, I just have no desire to play anything else if I'm going to be... Well, Little Orpheus is kind of like a quick hitter, but these are the two big games I want to get through and play. I just I love them, and I was so surprised at how much I enjoy this action combat and it's a blast like i've never liked it in the past but for some reason it is just it's very satisfying to air attack and like use a whirlwind and put literally a hundred soldiers up in the air and then just slam them into the ground and this big earthquake thing appears and they all poof out of existence and it's like man it's like i'm superman or something it's super fun so i i highly That's recommend fun. people Glad check you found it, out. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that was a lot. Uh, why don't we, <laughs> real quickly, just talk about any highlights that we had from the Nintendo third-party mini direct that took place this past week? They did, I want to say, 20, 25 minutes long, had a rocket fire kind of rollout of just tons of games and content. I'll read through some of these. Actually, I'm not going to read through them. You know what? I'm not going to read through them. I'm going to ask you guys, is there anything that stood out to you in this Nintendo Mini Direct that you particularly want to highlight? 
I made a list, uh, if yeah. you don't mind me going through them uh, really quickly. I, I kind of italicized what we had on the docket here, but I'll go through them quickly enough. The Persona announcement we've been talking about for the last couple weeks, that's kind of inspired me to start Persona 4 again. I got the Vita all loaded up, and I looked yes. at the first save file. I thought I was farther into it before I fell off. I only played it for four hours, so I've been trying to make time to start that up and try to get into that again before Persona is big in the news, because I've always heard good things, and it was one of the Vita sellers. Everybody wanted to play Persona 4 Golden, so kind of excited to check that out. I knew you'd be excited to hear that. Uh, you've mentioned multiple times in the past several weeks of live alive they announced that or they showed a little bit of the gameplay of that on the direct and i like the art of it it's right up my alley of those you know the that octopath art or kind of or maybe a more digital art style but i actually downloaded the demo right before we started recording tonight so that kind of circles back to what you were just talking about with the switch providing demos um i'm happy to see that there's a demo available i have that downloaded hopefully check that out before the next time that we record Another one that stood out was Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. It looked like some kind of murder mystery. The art style was kind of unique. I don't really know how much I'm going to love it, but it it caught my eye. So I'm I'm interested to see how that looks, you know, with further in-depth videos of that. What I uh, expected that you might like, which I you didn't have in the list, was RPG Time, The Legend of Right. I thought that looked kind of cute doing like an RPG in some kid's notebook where you have to draw where you're wanting to go and erase, you know, obstacles and stuff in front of you. Uh, did, did that look like anything you'd enjoy? Not really. It reminded me of a series that was on 3DS. I think Etrian Odyssey is what it's called. And you basically you're dungeon crawling, but you have to draw out the dungeon as you go. And so you're like uh -huh. actually making the path so you can rem you're making your own map as you explore i i'm not a those are gimmicks to me that are that are not yeah, they don't for tend, sure yeah so i mean it looked cute i agree but i just i don't think that it would be something that would last very long for me gotcha yeah it stood out to me i, I like the concept of it thought i would uh possibly check that out depending on what i'm into at the time and how much it costs because i don't i honestly i don't play my switch enough i'm trying to make an effort to do that uh, Blanc, um, the indie game with the wolf and the fox co-op, completely silent, uh, caught my eye. I like the art style of that, and it would be fun to co-op that. Um, so if any of you guys are interested in doing that, that was one that stood out. Was never, uh, I never played the Monkey Island games, but there's a lot of buzz around this, uh, this new one coming out. I like the art that they showed there. So that one was one that I, I made a list of. And then the Disney Dreamlight Valley, I never heard of. And I was like, this is cool. I, you know, whenever Disney comes in and does something like Kingdom Hearts or whatever, and Epic Mickey, like, yeah, this could be really cool. And then I was like, yeah, maybe check it out. It's going into early access. I don't know what type of game it actually is. If it's early access, is it a live service game? Or is it just a, I, I haven't looked into what it exactly is, but they had one bit in it where... Wally -E was featured and I was that's my favorite Pixar movie. I was like, well, I'm going to have to play this if I get to uh get to do something with Wally. -E. So, that was another one. Near Automata or Automata, however uh you choose to say it. I I've tried that on PlayStation 4 a couple times and I just I, I like the concept of it, but it's never a game that uh I'm in the mood for, I guess, but I I want to, so I thought that looked cool coming out coming to Switch. I don't know if it's an extension of the story there or if it's a nope. new game or, or that it's addition just a... has already existed everywhere else <laughs> it's okay just so one of those situations for the near where... for the 
yeah for the yeah. near fans that's that's a that's a good get um because i i've heard nothing but good things i enjoyed the couple hours that i played of it i just haven't gone back to it and uh that was mostly it i highlighted little noah as well but as i'm talking about it i don't remember specifically what i liked when i saw it so i can't really speak to that one but that was also on my list that's funny as I, I yeah. was, as I was as I was making the list of all of these games and it kept getting longer and longer, I just stopped at some point and I was like, I don't even remember what this was. So it's yeah, yes, that <laughs> that tends to happen. Kevin, did any of these strike your fancy? Yeah, there were a lot of interesting ones. I'd say about half of them were games that I was interested in playing at some point. But uh, I have three of them that stood out that I'd like to play sooner than later. Blanc is one, so I'll play that with you, Brad. That looked really fun, beautiful, hand-drawn looking animation. And I like that It Takes Two and uh, whatever the one is where the guys are escaping from jail. I like those games where you're the two players that... Yeah, those are are fun. So I I loved the, the concept with the little animals and everything. Monkey Island, I've... It's been a long time since I played those games, but I played those originally on PC, and I thought that any time there's a a modern Monkey Island game coming out, I mean, I'm interested in checking it out. And Disney Dreamlight Valley, I also had never heard of that in my life. This is the first time I've ever seen anything about it, but I'm a Disney fan. I really liked how you got to go into each of the little universes and kind of, you know, I mean, it looks like it may be for kids, but I'm a Disney fan, so I would like to kind of go and play different games that relate to all the different characters, and it looked like it was would be a, a fun easy playthrough and just something to look at all the different disney levels so those are the ones i i was curious about metal mega man battle network legacy collection i've never played one of those games and apparently there's 10 of them i guess that are coming out so i mean i it looked i guess it's like a tactical mega man game i've just never played any of them i haven't either but they didn't look all that appealing to me they're they no. look like just gba ports to me but yeah i Basic, it, was, basic. it was shocking to me that they have 10 of these things. Like, they're yeah, like that's there's a saying. collection like, of I, 10 game, games. Yeah. Yeah. I've never played one of them, and there's 10 of them. And I've, you know, I grew up playing Mega Man on NES. So, like, I've played Mega Man for a long time. And I've even played Mega Man Legends, like the RPG hmm. one, or not really RPG, but whatever the third person 3D one is that, yeah. that you walk. Like, I've played a lot of Mega Man games, but I never, I guess I never was that big on the advance and didn't go into those 10 games or whatever. But it didn't look too interesting. I just wondered if anyone had played them, if they were any good to make 10 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean somebody's gonna buy them. Somebody out they must they they know they have an audience for these things. They must or they they keep making stuff like that. So yeah, that was yeah. wild. Uh, yeah, many of these same like you know some of the ports are not that interesting to me. I'm not gonna play them on Switch. But it did actually have me add near Automata back to my potential playlist that I keep track of on a spreadsheet. I've played a little bit of it back in the day before they came out with like a you know full all-inclusive kind of game of the year type edition this yorha edition came out and it's really good and i remember not quitting because i didn't like it i just got distracted at whatever time it was and so it is a game i would like to play uh, eventually blanc also loved it like you guys said the black and white art style is really gorgeous and i loved that they said there's no dialogue it is a co-op environmental puzzle game and it has no dialogue. And so all of the emotion is going to be conveyed through the art style and the experiences that you have. And it just looks fantastic. I'm definitely all in on Blanc as well. One that was interesting, Harvestella is what it's called. It's a Square <laughs> Enix RPG mixed with Sardu Valley. I don't know that I'm interested in it, but I'm curious how this is going to work. Because 
frankly, it looked kind of like a poor mashup. And, and it makes me wonder, like, is Square Enix really just kind of going to embarrass themselves here? Because they're trying to do something that has already been done expertly by multiple indie developers, and they're going to do it worse <laughs> than them, you know, in their Square Enix, you know? So, I, I don't know. It was just a, it looked like such a attempt to latch on to a fad in a way. Right. You know, and I, I was like, genuinely laughed at the okay, good, the, <laughs> like the concept of it. like it started off like this is a everyday life simulator, so on. So she it shows her waking up and all and, and grabbing her sword or whatever. But then like the next scene was her like chopping down at her harvest, and I was like, <laughs> it seems like they're trying to make the word harvest fun with the name you know yeah. like the harvest Stella, like yes. i get it i get what you're trying to do there but it doesn't sound appealing to me at all at least yeah, especially in the name <laughs> like it didn't to me either. yeah that one didn't do anything for me uh mario and rabbits uh, i played the first game for probably 20 hours didn't finish it don't know if i'll ever finish games like that all the way through but it, again it is like a turn-based tactical game it's much like xcom the way that it plays out and this new one, Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. We've seen plenty of trailers before, but this one showed a neat new thing. It's like a free movement mechanic where instead of just being locked into your turn of where you move a certain number of squares and then stop, you can like run around within a certain pre, you know, designed area with, you know, that you have and you can make different interactions before you take your turn. I don't know. It was looked really cool. And, and I'm kind of, Excited to check that out. Live Alive or Live a Live. No one seems to really know how to pronounce this game. I never played it as original. Definitely downloaded the demo. Have been excited about it forever. Yeah. I think they said in the what I what I remember hearing in the direct was Live Alive. I think okay. that's how they how they announced it. Okay. But I so agree then, with you. We've well, been they would saying know. for weeks. Well like, they know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well they know what is it? I will definitely tell there. Um and then I thought it was the best Sonic Frontiers trailer yet. It showed some interesting new zones that the others have not. A place you could go that looks like you could do some traditional Sonic game style uh, zones uh, for like speedy stuff that looked cool. Return to Monkey Island as well. It's a sequel, so just know that if you're interested in that, it is following up on the story of the games, which are excellent, and everybody should play the Monkey Island series anyway. They're very cheap on Steam all the time. And then lastly, the Portal Companion Collection. I've been waiting for this ever since it was announced. I adore Portal and Portal 2. They are my favorite two puzzle games of all time. And my kids love them. I love them. We've played through Portal 2 so many times. The announcement was that this is available immediately, and I was shocked. So I actually downloaded it that Tuesday morning, and it was the gaming weekend that I had with my buddy over. And I fired up Portal just to check it out, and I ended up spending the next like five hours, and I went all the way through Portal, or however many hours it took me, like three. <laughs> so I beat it again. Um, I hadn't played through Portal itself in a long time. Phenomenal. Holds up great. Switch port is awesome. It's actually porting the Xbox 360 version of the game that came in the orange box because it has a menu option for achievements, and then it has a list of the achievements with like the num- a num- 5G or 10G. That's how oh, wow. gamer points used to oh, be designated back in yeah. the day, and so I thought that was really fun, but it does have, you can get the achievements, and that's rare for Switch games to have like a system like that within the game itself, so that was cool. It also is the version of the games that come with the developer commentary something that is super rare i think i've talked about it before thomas was alone actually has a developer commentary and it's super 
unique yeah. to like play a game with that. Portal is the other one that has it I know of, and it's there. So I am like could not be more happy with this twenty dollar collection, guys. And I'm so excited to continue with the extra stages of Portal and going back through Portal Two again and its extra stages as well in my kind of spare like ongoing game free time. So that was like the highlight for me. It blew me away. I was like, oh my gosh, I was expecting this over the fall and now it's here and I've got to play it immediately and met my expectations. So yeah, big big thing there. So it was overall it was pretty good. Decent decent show. Still waiting on sports story. Don't know what happened to it. Nope, it still exists. <laughs> Well, listeners, thank you for sticking with us, and we hope that you have enjoyed the episode. If you do like what you hear, please subscribe, share the show with your friends, tell everyone you know about us, follow us on Twitter and other social media, leave us a review, etc. There's links to all the good stuff in every show notes that we have. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. This podcast is for you. We'll be back soon, but until then, do what we do, get out there and fall in love.